sold my soul to the bottle Still none of my friends have left me yet I'm the same man I was since the age of 13 And I've lived my life with no regrets If you're looking for some freedom All it takes is ten drinks minimum If you're looking for rhyme or Hello, everyone out there. It's 10 Drink Minimum. It's the last party of the weekend. Uh, actually, maybe not so much uh, this time, because we do have a holiday tomorrow. So some people, they'll be able to party one more day, I guess. Uh, celebrate <laughs> it's an Indigenous <laughs> People's Day. I have it off. Yeah. Nice. Um, I want to welcome to the show James Smiley. Hello. And one Holly Ann Bird. Hello. Welcome and welcome everyone out there watching live. Uh, yeah, Indigenous People Day. Yeah, tomorrow. I have it off, and that's great. I don't know why, but you know, I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna question that. So, you know, yeah. This ooh. Top fan Michael Lucero is here. Hello, Michael. I want to start out the show congratulating our own New Mexico United on their first playoff win last night. That was a that was a crazy game. You, you watched it, right? I did. You you, you watched it, right? So yeah, that's what I want to talk about a little bit, right? Number one, Mister San Antonio you know fc announcer with your fucking salty shade at the end that's some bullshit you know what he said he said uh he said uh the new mexico united finally getting their first playoff win finally getting our first playoff win in our second season i know he made it seem like (laughs) 20 seasons after we started we finally got our first playoff win no our first season, we made the playoffs, which is awesome for a brand new club of any or brand new franchise of any sport, you know. Yeah. And we lost in the first round of Sacramento. Then our second year, we come in and we make the playoffs, and then we defeat a San Antonio team who hadn't lost; ten, they'd won ten games in a row, and we beat them. And he's over here finally getting their first playoff victory. I'm like, motherfuck well, you. And not not just did we beat them, but it, yeah. that was an intense yeah. like game of chess the whole oh, yeah. game. It was tied 0-0. Zero, zero. Yes. And then we scored. Right, right, right. So well, in overtime. And then they were complaining that it was a controversial score because the ball went off of we Couldn't tell. Looked like it went off Weehan's elbow. And then it went down, and it, Doyle kicked it, and then Weehan kicked it in. Now, let me tell you something. Um, you, you can call it a controversial win, but let me tell you, those San Antonio players are thugs. Oh. oh. And they attacked De- uh, um, Sandoval the entire game. Mm-hmm. Like It was almost like a wrestling match at a certain point. They, they, they tackled him, elbowed him, 
kicked him in the legs. Uh, you know, it was all over the place. It, it was crazy. Like my kind of game. It was crazy. And then, and then, you know, and then it went into overtime, nil, nil. And we, you know, I mean, near the end of the game is when we scored to end it. And I mean, it it was ridiculous. It was, it was a brawl. And I, 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 I'm going to throw it down here right now on Tendrick minimum that, you know, they said that uh, El Paso is our, is our, our rival. And I hate, I hate whenever we like generate, people try to generate rivals, I feel like rivalry is organic, and I feel like San Antonio FC is now on our list. And I want to say it, and I want to throw it down right now. After the game, the coaches were fighting. They were yelling at each other on the sideline. You could see it. Yeah. And I'm just going to throw it down there. San Antonio FC made our list. Made our list. Yeah, you don't, uh, but you don't it was a that. good game. I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a fun game to watch. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, I was going between that and the college football game. Oh yeah, and yeah. The the soccer game was much more entertaining. It was crazy. Than my Alabama game. I've always wondered, like, because I've never been a soccer fan, and you you guys watch soccer, you and you and Hamster, right? Yeah. And like, whenever a game would be zero to zero, and everybody be like, "It was a good game," I was like, "Oh, really?" And after watching that game last night, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Man. It's- you know, that means there's a lot of strategy involved and a lot of... Uh, uh, and knee, now I sound like hamster. I wish he was not at work right now. A lot of strategy, a lot of knees to the back, apparently. That's <laughs> that's a thing in soccer, apparently. A jumping yeah. knee to the spine. You apparently. know, some Street Fighter maneuvers, you know. It's, like, it's okay. kind of new, but I've noticed it a lot more yeah. lately. Yeah. I don't know. I was, you know, I was getting, I was getting pretty, like, like I was, if I was at the game, I would have, it would have been, the crowd at the game would have been, another thing, and they made a comment during the game, kind of talking shit about our fan base, and and they did it in such a way that it tried to make it sound like it was nice, but they're like, well, the, uh, the the curse, the toast of, uh, of the USL, I mean, you know, everybody's kind of envious of the fans that the, you know, the United have, and it's like, hey. Sorry you don't have such passionate fans. Sorry whenever you play at your Toyota stadium, you know, 30 people show up. Not our fault. Sorry. Not sorry. (laughs) San Antonio FC. Whatever the fuck that means. I know what it means. Just got a little bit of, you know, I was was pretty salty after that game, you know, and then the hearing, you know, I've, I've heard announcers kind of talk shit about us. And I don't know why we get such, you know, vitriol at towards our team. I don't know what we've done in the two years of existence that have pissed everyone off. Can you explain it, Holly? Maybe you know more. I don't know. I, um, I think probably it's surprising to yeah. people that we have such a following Could for be. our soccer team. Yeah. Um. I don't know why they why they have to talk shit. Like I don't know what that's about. Yeah, but, I don't either. Yeah, it's weird. Um, you know, we get the kind of fans that you see in like European football, where like it's dedication. It's like, you know, people show up. Yeah. Um. Well, we're passionate. But I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if we would have been at that, if that game would have been at our stadium, we would have probably we would have thrown some beer on the field. Oh yeah, for sure. Portland, you you know what that means. <laughs> you know what that means. I don't know. 
and I, and I tried to speak to Peter about it a little bit in uh, the owner of the team, and he was just kind of like, well, it was a tough game. You know, he did the, you know, the po- political answer. It was a tough game, but, you know, luckily we came out on top, you know? Yeah. And then, and then I, I mean, s- it was a tough game. That game could have gone yeah. either way. Then I, then I switched it over to the uh, Tulsa and uh, um, El Paso game. And oh, how did that go? One Who of the Tulsa. One? So it, it, it was the longer game. It went into shootout. But Ooh. at some point during, and I, I apologize to everyone out there for the soccer chat, but this is our team and this has something to do with it because we played the winner. But during the Tulsa um, El Paso game, one of the players from Tulsa got a red card and got ejected. And, oh, man. And that's a really big oh, deal. Man. That's and, a huge deal. And they kept saying, like, well, we don't have a replay of what he did. And it took a while. And I guess he said something. He said something. And if you say something bad enough to get a red card, he probably said something racial or he probably said something homophobic. Something and bad. They gave him a red card and threw him out of the game. Anyway, El Paso FC won in uh, – or El Paso – the El, El Paso Locomotives won in, uh, in a shootout. So it's now El Paso, our quote-unquote rivals – versus us in the next round so awesome that's i think it'll be a good game yeah but they if, uh, if last night's games were any indication i think it's gonna be a fun game to watch yeah and uh you know they're talking about how the united team i, I was really shocked at how good our team was compared to last year and um they're talking about how we might have a good chance to take it and go all the way i mean we're in the final eight now and i really think that uh I mean, they, they've already done quite a bit, but like for the United to do well would be a really big thing for the city of Albuquerque. So, yeah. Oh, hold I'm on. excited. Hold on. Super duper excited. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited as well. So that that that's going to be good. So hopefully I don't know when the game is. though. Have you found out yet? Um, I can't remember. I'm sure Hamster knows. Let me text him. Uh, I can just look it up real quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, we have the technology. Um, I but, think Hamster said it's like next week or something. It is the 17th, which is Saturday. Yeah. Oh, really? I thought it was going to be sooner than that. Okay. Oh, wait. No, I never mean, mind. Sorry. Hold on. That's the, uh, that's, it is, it doesn't say. It just does not oh. say. Yeah, okay. Yeah, ten seventeen. sorry. At 9.30, so 7.30 next Saturday. Awesome. Okay, looks like they're just oh, going to... Oh, also, Holly Holm, Daniel Bird just said that we should be excited about Holly Holm. Oh. I'm totally stoked. That's right. So proud of her. Yeah. She just, uh, she just had a fight and won. I didn't get to see it, though. I didn't get to see it either. I saw the highlights, yeah. and it looked like she put up a great fight. So. And it went, it went to uh, you know round five decision. Yeah. And uh, it looks like October. Yeah, okay. And that was October 3rd over Irene Aldana. Interesting. But I don't guess that was for Did you watch it, James? I did. Oh. Where did you watch it at? I did. Went, went all the way to the end. So good. Uh, on my phone. Oh. Nice. I didn't even know it was happening. House. I really feel like whenever stuff like that's happening, people in Albuquerque don't don't really, you know, preach about it enough. Let me see here. Someone's hitting me up. They want to come borrow something. <laughs> My uh, bad. I'll talk about 
uh, Holly Holm beating people up more. Oh yeah, it's one of my favorite things to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, yeah. Barney's asking if he can borrow a camera for filming tomorrow. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, did you guys uh, check out the uh, prison bitch? Uh, I, I haven't watched it. Show on no, I haven't. And, and those, did you watch it? Yeah. I didn't check that one. Super fun. Super fun. I mean, if you guys have a chance, Launchpad, I mean, we're getting real local here. Launchpad, uh, which I, I, I kind of like doing. I like getting more and more local as time goes on. But, like, the Launchpad has done this uh, streaming series for music, and they did Prism Bitch on Friday. If you go to their Launchpad channel, you can you can watch it. So, that's awesome. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah, it was really cool. They were... They had like uh, midway through. They had like an interview with them where they're talking about uh, touring with Built to Spill. And- oh, I didn't know that. Oh, cool. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Well, and it, and it kind of sucks because Prison Bitch, they were touring with Built to Spill, and Built to Spill, like the guy, the main guy, will switch out members every so often. Oh wow! It's just something he does, and and you know, kind of sucks for COVID for the COVID stuff because the new drummer. For Built to Spill was is the drummer from Prison Bitch for that that next mm. tour, and it got canceled. So I don't know how that's going to be, but if it resumes, I, the the prom, the the and I I can't think of her name right now, but the drummer from the local band Prison Bitch is the new drummer for Built to Spill. I don't know if you guys saw that. That's cool. Yeah, it's really. Cool. Oh yeah, I um I I just got tickets for the show in Portland, like two days before quarantine yeah can i talk about what i'm drinking yes so i was at the Ray liquor store the other day uh scoping it out for a, a shoot and they had a big sign for this strange beast hard kombucha mm. and it's uh, i know people out there are like oh oh kombucha oh <laughs> definitely chris definitely and you're you know, bougie life. Do you yeah. have to drink a kombucha? But this is a passion fruit, and it's seven point oh. Wow! So it's pretty hefty, but it's pretty tasty. And I do I'll like. Have to check that one out. I do like kombucha. I have two of those, so I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna drink those. They're not cheap though; they're like five bucks a piece. But I feel like that's just the way um, alcohol. Which is not cheap either. I'm drinking Costco margaritas. Ooh! Oh. I will say this then, if you're going to bring that up. I have the Costco brand seltzer. Ooh, I haven't Kirk- tried those yet. The, the, the Kirkland hard seltzer. So, yeah. Is I'm that re- a I'm, new try? Yeah. Someone brought them over. If someone brought them over for the soccer game last night. Uh, I also have Santa Fe Brewing seltzer for after my margarita runs out because yeah. that'll happen before the end of the hour. Oh, okay. I of course added stuff to my Costco margarita. Oh really? What is it? So what is in the Costco margarita? So it has tequila, um, supposedly like. Uh, so I don't know if people know about the Costco like alcohols. They're very yeah. comparable. Oh yeah. To high end alcohol. Yeah. Um, and this is supposed to be comparable to like Patron. Okay. Um, and it's like margarita mix, and then so I added like Contro and, um. A little bit of like orange juice just to sweeten it a tiny, tiny bit. 
Well, isn't there, like, I wouldn't be shocked if their tequila wasn't made by the same company that makes Patron. They usually are. So, like, according to everything I know, the vodka from Costco, which I really enjoy, is actually Grey Goose. It's just filtered one less time. Right. I have heard that. Oh, gross. It's actually pretty good. No, it's actually really good. Uh, It's really good. You don't like like Grey Goose vodka? No, it's pretty much trash. It's in a really nice bottle. Well, I mean, vodka. I don't know. You know, vodka's but for the all. Price but vodka's, you know, vodka's vodka. So yeah. Okay. Well, here we and go. the Costco vodka it comes in a huge bottle, and I think it's like nine bucks or something. Okay. So, and it tastes good, and it's vodka. So like, I just I just pulled up a, I pulled up a website called Mash dot com. Uh huh. And. Um, they have an article, the best and worst Kirkland liquors to buy at Costco. Okay. Seriously? And the best is Kirkland's Signature American Vodka. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, it's a great alternative for those who prefer domestic vodka, such as Tito's. Let's yep. see. It's only $20 a bottle or under $20. Yep. Yeah, then, I think it's like, the- I'm, I'm wrong. It wasn't $9. It's like 15 bucks. Yeah. And then also yeah, part of their, their best is the Kirkland Signature Blended Scotch Whiskey. Uh, yeah, it's actually, not bad. We get the Irish whiskey. Okay. Word on the street, this is according to the article, is that the manufacturer of this one is Alexander Murray and Company. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know what that means. <clears throat> also, Kirkland Signature Blended Canadian Whiskey, if you drink Canadian whiskey. What? Oof, right? Uh, also, best Kirkland Signature XO Cognac. Which is the worst, then? What is the bad one? Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, we get the Irish whiskey, and it tastes just like Jameson, oh, to be honest okay. with you. Oh, okay. Found it. Worst. Kirkland Signature 7-Year Small Batch Bourbon. Mm. They say, oh, wow. And they say it's yeah, actually... That's easy to fuck up. They say it's it's actually uh, manufactured by George Dickel. That's interesting. Uh, also worst is Kirkland Signature Blended Scotch Whiskey aged 24 years. Interesting. Uh, also worst is the Kirkland Signature Spiced Rum and the Signature Silver Tequila and the London Dry Gin. Wow. That's huh. probably the tequila that's in here, but oh, wow. it's mixed with a margarita, so who the, cares? The thing I've had from there, and I don't drink tequila, keep in that mind. Is in in and yeah. this is great for camping. Is they make a uh, pre-mixed margarita in a bottle, and I think yeah, it's, that's it, what I'm drinking. Oh, okay. I love that actually. Mm-hmm. And you just it's take so good. You just take the bottle, pour it over ice, and you're done. I mean, I added stuff because I'm picky. I've yeah. been a bartender for years, so obviously I can't. Bartending. I can't. Well, I, I found that the margarita that, out of that bottle was better than the ones that James would make. I'm just kidding. I've never had a margarita by James. Ow! I'm kidding! Just kidding. I just wanted to, oh. you know, It's shade. very strong, though. It's a strong it's, it's margarita. It's great for camping, you know? Mm-hmm. I remember, and it even has a little bit of saltiness. It's yeah. pretty good. I, re- I remember Billy. Billy would make what he called ghetto margaritas, ghetto margs. And I think he would just get like lemon and lemon juice or um, lemonade and mm-hmm. pour tequila in it and then pour it over ice. And I was just like, you know, that's not a margarita, but you know, and he's like, no, it's a ghetto marg. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. That's totally fair. 
I've used, like I'm not going to lie when I've, oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I'm not going to lie when I use, like, when I make big batches for parties of mm-hmm. margaritas, I'll get that Simply Lime, like, lime stuff from, like, Simply Lime that's what, or whatever. That's what, that's what he would use. Yeah, and then I'll add all the other ingredients that I would add to a regular margarita, but I think it tastes better than margarita mix any day. Okay. So. I was assuming. Oh, margarita. yeah. I, don't, I, nev- I never use a mix. No. There's no reason to. Someday James is going to write the book about his life, and he'll be like, I really used a mix. <laughs> that was the truth. No. Okay. And then I would never, never. talk That'd to him again. That would be awful. <laughs> right, I, I would lose so many friends. Yeah, but no, I, you are a fake. <laughs> but like, it's funny because like uh, you can go to Costco and they actually have like sample pack or they have packaging that's like no one else has. So you'll get the the um, white claws, and it'll come in like a like a twenty five pack, <laughs> you know. And it's like, mm-hmm. what, what the fuck is this thing? But all right, you can get a twenty eight pack of Truly there. God dang. Well, that's how this Kirkland Michael was. Michael Lucero dropped me off a 28-pack and a 12-pack. Of Truly? Yeah. People like, love the a, Trulies. A couple months ago. I can't do it. I love Truly. I think it's great. Mm. I, okay, not... are they the black can Trulies? Wow, I didn't know we were going like color. Slight, oh, just the, just the irregular ones? I didn't know we were just mm-hmm. jumping right into the color of the can. And, <laughs> uh, well, okay. There's the regular Trulies. The yeah. Oh, they're great. Huh. They're like halfway between Mike's and a seltzer. They're like slightly sweetened. Okay. Oh, I need to try that. That sounds delicious. They're, they're good. I like the Bon Viv or the one that has vitamin C. There's like one that's like antioxidants and vitamin C, which, you know, I'm drinking. <laughs> it just I makes you feel better for drinking. It does. Like, have you seen these new commercials for the... Okay, so I we tried the Coors Light... Uh, my my lady friend and I tried the Coors Light or the Coors Seltzers. Uh, no, no, okay. You know it doesn't matter. <laughs> like people get like if I say natural light ones, if I say you know yeah. Bud Light ones, they're, or, they're all seltzers. You know, but it's just hilarious because like apparently their claim is is that some way or other it like saves water and helps with the environment. And like the commercials all. I drink Coors Seltzers because I care about the environment. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, what? How does it save water? Oh, maybe uh, because the smart way to go with that is, like, you won't have to drink as much water to avoid a hangover. Oh. <laughs> that would be. But remember last year mm-hmm. or year before when I tried to make Pedialyte cocktails to avoid a hangover and Oof. it did not work? No, that's bad. Emergency and vodka is what I'm drinking, and it is delicious. Are you, right now, that you are good. Huh? I'm trying to see who what, what their slogan is on this. Okay, here's the Coors Seltzer one pack restores 500 gallons of water. Claim our partnership with Change the Course, which is an organization, will support several water restoration projects across the country that help sustain healthy flowing rivers. For each 12-pack uh, of Coors Seltzer sold, we are committed to restoring 500 gallons of clean water. Oh, so they're they're just donating money to guess, a yeah. foundation. Yeah, Change the Course is a nonprofit national organization that brings together corporations, conservation organizations, 
and the public to raise awareness about fresh water, reduce water footprints, and ensure clean and reliable water for rivers, commerce, and communities. And also gives corporations uh, ammo to have a commercial that says they're doing good, is what they really meant to say. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, are they owned by Coors? <clears throat> no, apparently not, but they're in the commercial. Because hmm. I've now seen the commercial a bunch Cor- of times. Coors is all about the Rocky Mountain water. True. So, they, I mean, it would make sense that yeah. if that's like one of their main ingredients, they would want to conserve it. Wow, yeah. That, yeah, I guess so, yeah. If it really is made with the clean Rocky Mountain spring water. It's now Just owned by Ford. Right off. It's, well, it's, it's ran it's by... It's really f- Dasani. It's really Dasani. <laughs> That'd be fucked up. <laughs> As I take a swig of water. Oh, man. So Holly, you uh, you came in. You were coming into today's show with all kinds of fire, and, and I pretty much slowed it down and derailed it. That's okay. I still have the fire in my soul. I'm just waiting for the right moment right. to unleash the fire in my soul. I want to hear this fire. Unleash the fire. Uh, so I have I have fire about two things today. Do okay. you want to hear about murder or comedy first? Let's do comedy first. Okay. So Bill Burr posted Saturday Night Live last night. Yeah. And I get a lot of I get a lot of heat for loving Bill Burr mm-hmm. even before this happened. I'm going to guess um, from 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 women probably. Uh, yes. Or, okay. Yeah. Um <clears throat> and I look, I think he's a genius. Mm-hmm. I think he's done a lot of really cool shit and i think he's the type of comedian that he just you know he doesn't care how unpopular it is he shares his opinion Mm -hmm. a lot like me his opinions differ from mine sometimes and i want to preface that i don't always agree with him but i don't have to agree with somebody to think they're funny right so i saw that bill burr was hosting saturday night live and immediately i was like oh good we're gonna have messages tomorrow morning about how horrible he is um bill burr is the type of comedian like if you hear other comedians talk about the comedy store or anything like that like he's just so talented and so good now would i say that last night's monologue was his best comedy no no but um, I think he had some valid points. Before you go into that, can I can I talk to like how the, how it came off? Yeah, uh, or why it came off the way it did? I feel yeah. like I feel like number one, he was probably a little rusty. Yeah. And number two, there you know <clears throat> there was an audience there, but if you really looked at it, there was like just a couple of people in the front. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of people behind the cameras and then some people up there. So the crowd was really like sparse. Yeah, so, because COVID. Yeah. And so he also had to have been thrown off by that. But that's all I was trying yeah. to say. Yeah. I mean, for sure. He's he's rusty. We all are. We would all be thrown off by an audience being so, you know. But I think like one thing that I want everybody to know is his wife is black. Okay. First of all. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, okay. I don't Talks think, about it all the time. Yeah. Like, I don't think he was, like, trying to be 
a jerk, but I think that like he hears the things his wife has said and he thought it was important to mm-hmm. use his platform to express how people are feeling. Sure. And I'm going to be honest, as a white woman myself, I, you know, have sometimes felt like we did kind of try to hijack a movement. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we don't have the same struggles. We don't. We're, we're not minorities, you know, whatever. Um, I got what he was trying to say, but I think he probably got thrown off. He was trying to, like, you know, be a little sensational. It's Bill Burr. He's angry and sensational. That's who he is. I don't think it was horrible, and I don't think it came from a bad place, but... No. You know, I, I think I think he had some valid points, and I think he was saying some things that he really believed. Um, and I think Saturday Night Live is the perfect place to do something like that. You know, like tearing you know? up a pic- picture of the Pope? Yeah. You know, um, I mean... Wait. I guess I'm missing something. Did he get backlash for that? Yeah, oh yeah. Yes. Big time. He got backlash really? because everybody thinks he hates women. And really it's just that he hates humans. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of the same way. I hate well, human beings sometimes. He's calling and, He's calling people out for the hypocrisy. Yeah. He was calling people out for, for you know, here's the deal. I, I think that we should be using this time to stand up for people and I think he saw that, you know, there are a bunch of people who are claiming that they deal with the same things that minorities do. And we don't. Right. Women are for sure not treated the way we're supposed to be treated. But women of color deal with way worse. And not only that, but like feminists, like if you really want to talk about it, feminists, when feminism first started, it did not include women of color. No. And that's the truth. That's a fact. You can look it up. Um, it has changed. But I don't know. I I thought it was good. Was it his best comedy set? No. But I think he was standing up for what he believed in. Well, and he was standing, like you saying, like his wife, like he was, like what he said was, it's like the movement started and it had a great point and that lasted yep. a whole nine seconds before white women took over and were like, yeah, yep. this is our movement. And the, instead of you doing know, that, they should sit on the curb with the white men and, and listen to and listen. Yeah, you know? we deserve to listen to. Here's the deal. Like he made a point about I wasn't sure if I was going to go here, but I'm going to go here. Oh. Um, he was talking about how he ha- he had a point about how, you know, white women weren't innocent either. You know, we there's a lot of white women who back in the day would have sex with a black man and say it wasn't consensual. And if you want to say that that didn't happen, it totally did. So, you know, I don't know. Say what you want to say about Bill Burr. I thought what he did was brave. I liked it. There you go. Now, his stuff about gay pride was a little eh. Yeah, I, but, I that was the part that I cringed at. Yeah, I mean... But, but I think he's rusty. I think it, you know. So I cringed at first, and he basically said, it, you know, and I'm not I'm paraphrasing here. He basically said that uh, the month of June is Pride Month. And he goes, wow. He, and he said, wow, that's a lot of month for a group that was not slaves. 
And that was the part where I was like, eee. and then he said, um, when he was, and then he, you know, he said where you give black people the entire month of February, which is only 28 days and it's cold and it's awful. They can't really march cause it's freezing. And he wasn't like trying to downplay gay pride, but I could tell, I mean, it just, you had to like, let him finish. Well, but, and that's you know. how Bill Burr's comedy is. Right. He always has a point. And I think that's the other thing I wanted to say. Thank you, Chris, because I kind of forgot. But the other thing I wanted to say is that there's a lot of people who hate Bill Burr because they don't listen to the whole joke. They don't get his right. whole point. Sure. So everybody likes to focus on his jokes that are like, all humans should walk into the ocean and die or whatever. <laughs> right. But he's really talking about like how humans are like ruining the earth. Mm-hmm. And he really has a bigger point. And he probably, you probably would agree with him. Yes, they're Karen. Exactly. But, it, you know, nobody takes the time to listen to his whole joke. Right. They listen to that one little piece that you think is shitty. And, you know, if you don't think he's funny, cool. But I don't think he's racist. I don't think he's homophobic. I don't no. think any of that. No, absolutely not. I loved I loved the part right. where the Rick Moranis part made me laugh. <laughs> he's all, he's all, he's all, Rick Moranis got punched on the upper, upper east side. And he's like, yeah, New York's back, baby. <laughs> he's all, yeah. edge, is, edge is back. <laughs> he's all I, for, that made me laugh. I love Bill Burr. I will always love Bill Burr. I will always take Bill Burr's side. I just, yeah. he's one of my heroes. He's one of those people that he talks about his mental illness. He talks about like having to change when he had a kid because he was so pissed off about his childhood. If you've ever watched F is for family, it's right. based on his childhood. Um, I, I just think he's great. Um, he's one of, one of the people mm-hmm. I look to for inspiration and, I don't think he did anything wrong. No. No. It's now, just... Louis C.K., who used to be one of my heroes, mm-hmm. you want to talk about him, I'll talk about him all day long being wrong, wrong, wrong. But Bill Burr, no way. He's just an angry guy. Uh, Well, yeah. And then, you know, I mean, and it's comedy. And the other, the other thing, too, is there's nothing else going on. So it's easy to see, like, one... You know, it's SNL coming back, and they're actually, you know, doing live shows again in the studio. They're no longer online. You know, yeah. it's easy to find, you know, find, pick everything, you know. Right. I think it would have made news either way, but I think right now it's a bigger deal than it probably should be. Well, and I've enjoyed the last two episodes. I've seen people saying Saturday Night Live is dead. I nah. don't think so. They say that all the time, and it's still here. They say it every season. It's yeah. fine. And then it just comes back, and they you know you have to give them time to get good at it again. You know, they well, go. Through... You have new writers at the beginning of the season. You have yeah. all kinds of things going on this season. I can't imagine how how crazy it is. You have so many things that if you talk about it, you're going to get in trouble. But if yeah. you don't talk about it, people are going to be mad. And you know, the thing I don't like, the thing that that I haven't really like thought was a good thing for SNL the last couple of years. And I, I, I could be in the minority here. I don't know. But I don't like this. Let's go out and find a, a, an old celebrity that we want and bring them back as a cast member thing. You know, they, they did it with Alec Baldwin. They were like, he's going to be Trump. And yeah. th- this season, it's Alec Baldwin and Jim Carrey. 
And I like Jim Carrey as Pinch, though. Oh, and I'm it's not also and it's also what Maya Rudolph as well. She's back again. Yeah. Well, I, I I hear what you're saying, and I understand that. But for me, SNL my entire life has been the breeding ground for new talent. Right. And you bring new talent in, and you make them, you know, Joe Biden, or you make them, you know. Now, if one of them is hosting and you want, they want to play Trump or they want to play, that's one thing. But I don't like this. Let's hire these this older, you know, this established actor or or comedian and bring them back in. I don't know. I just don't like it. Okay. I, you know, I just don't like it because I always feel like you know, this takes something away from somebody who, who you know, a young talent that could you know be sh- you know showcased. Um, right. I do like the guy that was Pence. I, I thought he was great. You know. Yeah. Because, you know, the other thing, too, is like putting I mean, I guess putting someone like Jim Carrey and Alec Baldwin with these young, young talent, I guess they could teach them. If but they probably learn a lot. Yeah. But I feel like Jim Carrey's a little bit of a steamroller. You know, he's going to take the scene. And he and I well, feel like he, you know, he's, he's Jim, so yeah. talented. Oh, yeah. Too. And, you know, he tried out for us now and he, he didn't get it. He didn't get on. Mm-hmm. That's why he was on Mad TV. He, he was, he, he, he was no. not in Living Color. Oh, in living color. No. I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. Um, stupid Costco margarita. Damn Costco. Um, <laughs> but I think what you're really saying, Chris, is that you're really just mad that Saturday Night Live has not hired me yet. That's right. There you go. <laughs> well, you have to try out, but they have to ask you to try out, right? I submitted a packet. Oh, did you really? No. Yeah. Mm, last and year. Th- last year yeah. and this year. Okay. So. Next year will be my time. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they did have people try. I guess they probably did this year. Well, you, you, I, you know, I don't know what the actor part of it. Yeah. I sent in a writer's packet. So oh, I, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Interesting. Speaking of that, have you ever seen? Uh, have you ever watched Studio sixty on the Sunset Sunset Strip? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm rewatching The West Wing. You know, you know, the fantasy show, The West Wing? Yes. And uh, I like to call it that now. I want to write to Netflix and say, could you please put this under the fantasy category? <laughs> but uh, it's making me want to rewatch the uh, uh, Studio 60 again, which uh, I really feel like was a show that I and I so I looked in, you know, I was like, you know, thinking back on watching that show. And for people out there who have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, the writer of the West Wing, Aaron Sorkin, wrote a TV show called Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. And it came out the exact same season that 30 Rock came out. And mm-hmm. it starred uh, Bradley Whitford, is that his name? I believe. I from so. the West Wing. And what's his name? From uh, oh, yeah. Chandler Chandler from uh, uh, Friends. And Nobody knows his real name. Amanda Pete. Well, yeah, but it was basically like a, a West Wing style version of Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. It was like behind the scenes at a Saturday Night Live, and it was super intelligent. Now, the, the, I feel like the problem with Aaron Sorkin is, is he writes characters that are as smart as he is, and he right. writes all of them that way. And so when yep. you're watching his shows, like every character is like highly intelligent, and they're like having the most highly intelligent conversations known to man. And you're just like sitting there going, wow, I wish all conversations really were like this. And, yeah. and then people in middle of America are like, what do they say? Yeah. <laughs> it really raises the bar on your interactions. <laughs> and I looked at it and like they canceled that show, even though it had an 11 million 
viewership because it was too expensive to make. That sucks. And that's crazy I love to me. That show. How that was a thing. What is that from the from the casting or like? Yeah, because mm-hmm. they had uh, Amanda Peet. Uh, what was it? Let me let me pull up. They had a lot of really good actors. I just loved it because I felt it was so behind the scenes of like SNL. Right. And to the point where SNL wouldn't even let them like watch. They they were like, you can't watch, can't watch behind the scenes to see how it's done. Uh, Bradley Whitford, (laughs) Matthew Perry, Amanda Peet, D.L. Hughley, um, Stephen Weber from um, Wings. Uh, And you just go through and like look at them all, and you're just like, okay, wow. It was quite the cast. That sounds like an NBC staff. Yeah. Like they just had yeah. people. I want to say it was on NBC, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. Uh, yes, Maybe? it was. I have no yeah, idea what was. show you're talking about. It was. Okay, yeah. Um, those are those are like uh, Matt Perry and yeah. and um, the guy from uh-huh. Wings. Yeah. I don't know. You just said his name. Yeah. But the, they're they're like. I mean, you can get contracts. I'm contracted by NBC. That's what. Yeah. But it was a, it was it was very expensive. That's what I read. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, anyway, wow. so if it was ever, a great show. Though. If you get a chance to watch it out there, people, it's twenty-two episodes, and it's if you like the West Wing, it's fucking the West Wing as a tell you know behind the scenes Saturday Night Live. It's I think it's great. It and was a great show. I just you know, and I was watching the West Wing, and I was just like, ah, I wish we could have got more. <laughs> now I need to watch that. Well, now I just want to go watch that show. Again. Oh, it's terrible to watch because you're watching the West Wing, and like you're just you know, they're like making decisions based on like. You know, intelligence and morals, and uh, you know, they they have they have like they have to like struggle between right and wrong, and what they need to you know. Right. And you're just like, ah, oh, man, how nice that would be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, <laughs> fantasy, ah, uh, fantasy, fantasy. I don't know. It's a rough one. Uh, what was the other thing you were going to bring up? Oh. Yeah, murder. Um, murder. No. <laughs> murder. Uh, so, as I have complained here on the podcast, it has been a uh, murder documentary desert for a while. And they announced that they were going to come out with a documentary um, about Chris Watts, which if if nobody knows what Chris, who Chris Watts is, I will get into that. I do not. Uh, Chris Watts was a man. Uh, he and his wife lived in Colorado. He killed his wife who was pregnant and their two children. Okay. And he's handsome. So a lot of women think he's handsome, even yeah. though he murdered his whole family. Um, but he claimed that like they went missing and he had told her that he wanted like a divorce or whatever yeah. and that she went missing. He went on the news and like it's a whole thing. It's, it's funny um, how w- just, women don't care about the murder part. They're like, eh. I know. It's like, it's, men, I've I seen so many women, even in like the true crime groups that yeah. I'm in, that we all discuss murder. Even them, they're like, oh, he's so handsome, though. Like, no, he stopped being handsome when he murdered people. Like Murder. Murder. <laughs> um, but I, I hated this documentary so much. Where was the documentary? Netflix? Netflix, yeah. So I get what they were trying to do. So Mm -hmm. she was like a uh, multi-level marketing person. So she was on Facebook a lot. 
and took videos and all that stuff. And that's what they used for the documentary. Um, and I get it, but also there were things uh, like about this murder that are far more interesting that they could have thrown in there. Like, I'm pretty sure the lady he was cheating on his wife with, Mm -hmm. who was very much involved in this case. Um, and the cops haven't investigated that at all. There's a petition out and everything for them to investigate her. Um, and also like all the video that they showed, like of his confession and all that stuff. Eh, you can find it on YouTube. Like it was. Oh, it was just lazy. Yeah, net Netflix was lazy. Like step it up. Yeah, um, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at so you 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 brought his name up. So I Google him. Yeah. And uh, there, you know, there's a timeline. This is biography.com. And there's a timeline of like things that uh, happened in their lives that they feel led to this. And in 2015. Uh-huh. You know, with a combined income of $90,000 in 2014, which isn't a lot of money for two people combined income, right? And especially where they were living. Right. Well, so then they, you know, I go down to read farther, uh, stating that their $3,000 mortgage and $600 car payments took up most of their $4,900 in monthly expenses. Holy shit, man. You bought a fucking house that has a three thousand dollar mortgage where were you living yeah well and um maybe i'm crazy okay, there. daniel is, is, berg is, i do not have a crush on him at all oh. you can get right out of here i have been following this case for two years i didn't like the documentary because they didn't have as many facts as i do so oh, get out of here dang <laughs> Um, is it wrong for me to I, think the $3,000 mortgage is fucking really high? I mean, she, so, um, his mom came out with like this book that was basically like trashing his wife, yeah. which by the way, I don't think she should have done. No. I don't think anybody ever deserves to die no, no matter what. But, um, he, uh, he literally had, um, like, so much pressure i could see how so much pressure would come like they have two kids mm-hmm. she wanted a twelve thousand dollar engagement ring well how she, do you wait a minute how how are you out of the let's see thirty six hundred dollars uh, what is what is forty nine hundred dollars minus thirty six hundred you know let me you know i'm not a mathematician here someone's yelling at their car stereo as i'm as i'm saying that uh, <laughs> hold on Oh, son ah. of a bitch. Smiley, you're good at math, aren't you? Aren't you an accountant? <laughs> um, I'm in school for it, yeah. Oh, okay. Let's see. Mine is... Well, give me the uh, numbers. So $1,300. So they have $1,300 a month after they pay their mortgage and their car payment. Just mortgage and their car payment. Then probably mm-hmm. another 400 for, you know, uh, cable... Uh, well, and they were sending their two children to a very nice school, which how the f- I understand. How? how? Where did you have the money from? Yeah. And That's so, where that mortgage I, comes from. See, there's Daniel. So, like, like the thing that his mom said is that, like, she put so much pressure because she wanted that picture-perfect life. Okay, lady, but that still doesn't excuse your son for killing them. No, absolutely not. Uh, the re- the real reason he killed his family is because he was cheating on his wife. 
Um, oh, I see. And then she ended up pregnant, and that was going to complicate things. I have my own theory that he also had promised his. There are um, text messages where he had promised to stay faithful to his mistress, meaning he wouldn't have sex with his wife, um, which I think is wow. bananas cuckoo. Um, and then she ended up pregnant uh, because they were trying to have a baby. Um, but this whole case, I have been following for two years and I got so excited because they had this documentary. They literally got nothing that the true crime people, we already know. We already know oh, everything. Wow. So it's one of those things. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've seen them do really good work and then sometimes they don't. It's like tough. Well, and I think COVID had a lot to do with it, probably. I have a feeling they were planning this. And then COVID hit, so they couldn't really, like, have a camera crew and all that stuff in people's homes. So instead of interviewing people, they used her own, like, videos and stuff. But, um, I don't know. It could have been done better, especially for this case. This case is super interesting. $3,000 a month. $3,000 a month house right there. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Come on. And then they also... um, I mean, there are interesting parts. I guess if you haven't been following the case for two years, Mm -hmm. maybe this documentary is for you because you would see like the body cam footage of like him trying to lie. But I had already seen it. Who was wearing the body cam? The cops? The cops, yeah. Okay. Of like interviewing him when he was claiming he didn't know where she was. He was so nervous. They went next door. His neighbor pretty much like. I mean, his neighbor, her best friend is a hero because her best friend dropped her off at 2 a.m. She was supposed to go to a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. She didn't hear from her. So her best friend showed up at her house and would not leave until the cop showed up. Oh, kick ass. Yeah. So that's how they figured out very quickly that something was up. And then the next door neighbor had a camera like outside of his um, like residence. Just out of and nowhere? And he was like, huh? Just out of nowhere? No, like, you know how people have, like, like a porch ring cameras. Oh, the, like, the, know, the, like ring, the ring cameras. Yeah, and he pulled up the footage and he was like, um, you know. <laughs> I, I have no idea what that means. I have, mean, come on, I'm talking about murder right now. Like, get it together, man. Um, but so... <laughs> Uh, his neighbor was like, this guy's acting weird. Like, I just showed him footage where we know his wife didn't leave the house today. He also backed his truck up, and he never does that. Um, yeah. So this guy was just, he he wasn't a good murderer. <laughs> I hate to laugh just at that. Really but like, shitty at it. You're just not good at this job, sir. He wasn't good. Like, he, I just, there's. There's a lot to it. He threw his own kids in oil tanks. Oh, like, that's awful. After, well, he killed his own kids after putting his wife in the truck, passed away. He put the live children in, and then, that's you so know, it's, I mean, how do you know you're not going to get deplorable. caught? How do you know you're not going to get caught at that? I think he's a moron, I, is what I think. He's just an idiot. Yeah. So if I was going to hire this guy to murder someone, like his job references would be really bad. Really bad. Like one of the worst murderers I have ever seen in my life. Ming says he might be drunk waiting for his safe house green chili booze. 
Oh. We do not have Sorry, any... Ming. I get really passionate about murder. Well, and it's good <laughs> that you do. Uh, uh, on the 25th, um, I believe that's when it is, we're going to have... Um, let me get his full name. I know him. Eric A. Carter Landon on Yay. the show. And he is the host, and this is a, for our Halloween episode, he is the host of a podcast called True Consequences. And it is a true I crime love podcast. That podcast. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, okay, another true crime podcast. Well, let me tell you something about Eric. His uh, brother was murdered when he was mm-hmm. really young, and they never caught the killer. Yeah. So he's kind of made it a, a passion to do this podcast. And I mean, the other day, someone was like talking about one of the shows that he did. And they were like, well, that one was kind of boring. And he got really offended by it. And he was like, you know what? If you fucking listen to my show because it's entertaining, he's like, there's something wrong with you. You have and, a problem. Yeah. He's Murder like, shouldn't be entertaining. He's like, it's- I do a show to educate, not to not to yeah. entertain. So, yeah, we have him on the 25th. I recently started binging his, his yeah. podcast. And not because he's going to be on the show, but because right. you have talked about his podcast. And I had listened to it before, but mm-hmm. now I am binging it. And yeah. he is so good. Like, it is such a good, informative murder podcast. There's a lot out there, and I yeah. listen to most of them. I think it's one But year I an- like his podcast yeah. a lot. It's like a one-year anniversary right now. So, yeah, we're wow. at the end of the episode. Uh, I've got to run and do something real quick. So let's uh, go ahead and promote Hollywood You Got. Uh, the only thing I have to promote is I will be in Greeley, Colorado, November 20th with Kurt Fletcher headlining and Don Morgan. Um, and also you can follow me on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at Hollybird Comedy. Hey, James, what do you got? Uh, as per usual, you can see me on uh, Midnight Texas on Hulu or streaming on NBC. And on Netflix, it's uh, Daybreak. You can have a fun time watching me play a high school kid. Oh, nice. Um, we are a member of the Borellas Podcasters Guild, which will is a, is a group that's going to help people uh, educate and help people to start their own podcasts. Uh, we are opening a studio in the B. Rupee building of the Borellas area, which is the oldest neighborhood in New Mexico. Or in Albuquerque, maybe New Mexico. I don't know if it's... Yeah, it's probably not the oldest in New Mexico. It's the oldest in Albuquerque. Say that. And uh, we're going to have a launch party November... I think it is the 7th? Either oh, the good. 7th or the... F- the 20th. <laughs> no, it's either the 7th or the 14th. Anyway, uh, and Eric, you know, who's coming on, True Consequence, he's a member of that as well as we are. Um, other than that, we have all of our social media. We have tendrinkminimum.com, and we do this show once a week live from 6 to 8 p.m., so tune in. And uh, we're going to take a little break for the for the Billy slash Wavy Hour and uh, give you guys a little time to, to, you know, freshen up, use the bathroom, get your kombucha in order, and have a good time. <laughs> um, and I'll tease for the second hour. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, – you know, not not so much the true crime, but some of the stuff like you know that Holly just talked about. I'd like to I'd like to talk about something that happened that I saw, and I was just like, you know, interesting. So I'll tease that for the second hour. Um, we definitely drink when we do the show. You should as well. But 
always remember never get too drunk never to get journey. too drunk to too drunk tendrinkminimum.com Tendrink Minimum is a proud member of the Borellus Podcasters Guild. I sold my soul to the bottle Still none of my friends have left me yet I'm the same man I was since the age of 13 And I've lived my life with no regrets If you're looking for some freedom All it takes is ten drinks minimum If you're looking for back from the break it is the billy slash wavy hour and you're listening to 10 drink minimum let me bring everybody back in real quick oh let me do this bang bang there you go yay we see holly up close too close no i'm just kidding um let me reshare everything hold on this might blow oh we're back from the break oh let me i'm just resharing so I couldn't figure out how to do it. <laughs> Facebook is getting fucking like weird. It's it getting, is. It's like, getting I, super weird. I don't like the new Facebook. I fucking hate it, right? It's 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 not great. Also, I would just like to say, um, during COVID, obviously I haven't had to share like a lot of Oh, hello, Dan. Um I haven't had to share, like, a lot of events and stuff, but um, my comedian friends from around the country who are um, promoting things yeah. are saying that it is so much harder to promote things now, I think, because they want you to pay for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they um, totally do, yeah. Which I understand, but also... It's been that way for a while, though. Yeah, but it got worse. Yeah. So, like, if you're trying to just, like, share an event... Mm-hmm. to your friends it is 10 times worse now so i'm going to do something really interesting so i i don't really promote a lot of products on this show unless you know they pay us to do so and right i'm not saying that that's a good or bad thing i'm just saying we just don't i mean we do if it's beer you know beer yeah. we do for free who's who's making that noise is it cat treats? Oh, okay. Are we promoting cat treats? I'm gonna I'm gonna do you like they they do in our meetings. They're like, so I'm gonna promote. A pro- I'm sorry. Who's uh, who's not muted? Who's not <laughs> muted? Uh, can you please mute your microphone out there, everyone? I'm just kidding. Uh, so one of the th- cat treat bags are just really loud. That's <laughs> yeah. why are. cats yeah. like them. So one of the products that I just love and I I talk about it quite a bit on social media is is one Topo Chico. Ah. Topo Chico. And if you don't, if you've never had Topo Chico, and if, if Ming is still there in the chat, he'll know. But I, I like this kombucha, but it's a little too much. You know what I mean? Like, you, you ever drink it something too some sweet? Topo Chico. So I'm going to do a little Topo Chico in there. And I'm going to see if that fizzes it up, number one. Look at that. It oh, looks wow. amazing now. 
It does. And I can see, you can, I don't Ooh. know, you can't see it, but it's like fizzing up over the top. It looks red on the camera, but it's actually pinkish. So I don't know what it's going to do for taste, but. Oh, good Lord. So when are we fantastic. getting a Topo Chico sponsorship? Because Dude. I love Topo Chico. And they're selling it by the case now. I shouldn't say this on the air. No way. At no. the silver market. They were <laughs> selling it. So here's what, what, tri what trips me out about. You know, I get supply and demand. So, and I like the little silver market down the street from me. I will say that it has saved my life during COVID many a time where I could just ride my skateboard down the street and go pick up something and eat it. But let me, uh, let me understand something, silver market. They have the large, large bottles of Topo Chico. Yeah. Plastic? No. Glass. Glass. Really? Large ones, right? So every time I go, they're either just fully stocked or completely gone. And when they're in it, and it's mostly completely gone. So if people and like every other product, you'll drive, you'll ride up, walk up to the case, and every other product will have one to two things taken out of it. And then the topo two rows are gone. So if people keep wiping out the topo, maybe order some more topo. Up that order, yeah. silver market. Yeah, you know. That's like, I can't get spam. Yeah. That's weird. Every time I go to a grocery spam? store. He's Native American. No spam. Hate spam. That's not racist. How are they That's just a spice. Out of spam? How do you run out of spam? People must just be gobbling it up. James, can you explain to people why Native Americans love spam? It lasts forever. I don't know. It's and a huge it thing. Billy, no, Billy. Like Billy ate spam like no human I had ever seen eat spam. My dad also eats yeah. spam like no other well, human I've ever seen. And I'd ask Billy, and Billy was like, yeah, it's a Native American thing. Like, we love spam. Like, I'm like, wow. My dad claims it's like a southern thing. It could be. It's very much a, it's very much a southern thing. But My dad will put uh, spam in anything. It's yeah, gross. spam and eggs. But I will say this. Like. I agree with you, Holly. The spam taste is not there, but Palmer Brewing, they have Taco Tuesday. The spam tacos are amazing. Those are good. Also, if anybody knows of a place I can get spam masubi, let me know. Ooh. Oh, they used to have it at that place that was next door to um, Effect. Effect. Yeah, I loved it. That was the only yeah. time I ever was like, oh, I like spam, and now they're gone. So I don't know where to get spam masubi. I don't know. Every once in a while, and I don't know if this is is a, you know, because of my my raising. Every once in a while, I have to have bologna with a slice cut in it, cooked on the stove. Nobody, nobody likes that. Wait, spam? No, 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 bologna. You cut oh. a slice in it and you throw it in a frying pan and like kind of burn it a little and then eat it i'm not a big fan of that either but oh i could see how you like it what about what about vienna sausages eh, no <laughs> <laughs> when i went <laughs> when i went camping with my dad i swear to god hard now as an adult i figured it out that my dad would want to go camping so he could eat the shitty foods that he liked <laughs> 
you know, that way we were away from my mom. Because when we would go camping, we would eat Vienna sausages, Wolf Brand chili, and Denny Moore beef stew. And we never ate any of that any other time. And I think my dad would just get the cravings for it. And he'd be like, we're going camping. So that my mom would not, uh, you know. And he'd just tell her it was like a camping thing. And I, and to this day, I, I, I still eat Denny Moore beef stew. I like it. Uh, Wolf Brand chili, I don't think is very good. And Vienna sausages it's are really, not. I don't. It's so really my, not the My best. Nana yeah. loved Vienna sausages. And I don't know if it's a texture thing. They they always like look like hot dogs, but then they would just like fall apart. No. Like when you nothing them. about but them is good. The texture, the flavor, everything. The Ugh. little jelly that they're in. Ugh. It's mm. it's like if you like made a meat like Jello. Cube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. They're all, huh? Well, that's weird. <laughs> Tastes like meat. <laughs> right. But the texture is so ridiculous. You're like, oh, is this real food? Is this and real? that's yeah. my problem with it. Like, if I have to question if it's real food, but it should not be. But K rations while I was a Boy Scout. Have you ever had? Um, I guess they're called C rations now. I think. Uh, yeah. What are those? Uh, or, or oh, what are they called? MREs. Sorry, MREs. Have you ever had that? Oh, okay. I've, I've so had I had those. a friend that was in the military, and he would bring, on camping trips, he would bring MREs. And MREs, MRE stands for Made Ready to Eat, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they would have, like, chili. They would have, uh, you know, like, chicken parmesan or some weird shit. But, like, I had the chili, and it was actually pretty good. And it was really interesting because, like, the whole thing comes in a bag. And mm-hmm. you open the bag and pull everything out, and then it has a little thing, and you you put the food in it and put it back in the bag with this, like, material that got hot, and it would cook the food in the bag that you had to have. You didn't have to have any kind of external, like, heating source or anything. Yeah. Freeze-dried, yeah, freeze-dried. So I always thought My that was grandpa, funny. my papa, who's mm-hmm. now... He's going to be 90 in February. He was in the military, and he can only cook two things. He can cook <laughs> chorizo and eggs, Ooh. and he can cook shit on a shingle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. SOS. And when he would make shit on a shingle, or SOS, mm-hmm. and we would complain about it, he would tell us a very long oh, yeah. story about MREs. And how we were so lucky, and now I love shit on a shingle. So yeah, well, I mean, it's pretty yeah, much like brown. Love it. It's like brown gravy and bread, isn't it? Pretty much. He would do like uh, it depended if gravy. it was breakfast shit on a shingle. It was like Cream sausage gravy, gravy and oh. sausage. Yeah. And then if it was like dinner SOS, it would be like brown gravy and ground meat. I'm looking at the gourmet version of this. <laughs> That's awesome. Ten slices of chopped beef, two teaspoons uh-huh. of butter, two teaspoons of flour, third a cup of milk, ground pepper, two slices of bread. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's with the cream gravy. So when Which I was right. when I was a kid, my grandfather we called him Papa. Oh, and he I would, call him Papa. He would he would make a thing called the Papa pancake. And <laughs> when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I love pancakes, and so he was like, okay. So he would take um, a slice of bread 
a put butter on it and then jelly and then cook it in the microwave and that was the papa pancake oh mm-hmm. was it good yes <laughs> get it at the grove yeah I would definitely go get the Grove. They would have SOS and it would totally be the most fucking gourmet, bougie fucking bullshit on the planet. I love <laughs> I love that kind of shit, too, where they take something that's like simple and they're like they just fucking gourmet because that's like that's everything now in our in our in our society. Let's take everything now and make it the most gourmet fucking thing we possibly can. Right. Do you yeah. know? what? The, OK, so right now let's talk about what's the most popular thing in Albuquerque right now. You, do you know what it is? Us. I'm talking about like uh, I'm on hoping a, us on a social. Well, it's not us on a social level. What uh, is what is happening right now? What is what are the biggest things in town right now that you could go do socially? Donut drive through. No. Beer. But it has beer. Beer is a part of it. Sawmill. What is that? Explain okay. to explain what that is. Cafeteria. It's a gourmet food court. It is. It's... So you have Sawmill, Green Jeans, Tin Can Alley. All of them are gourmet food courts. Yeah. I mean, think about it. So you have fake balloon fiesta, nice. So you have these gourmet food courts <laughs> now that have all launched in Albuquerque. They were already planned to launch. So um, Green Jeans was the first one. And then they, and then after the success of Green Jeans, they were like, "Oh, we're gonna do Tin Can Alley," and a bunch of people got together and they did Sawmill Lofts. Now, to explain to people who live outside of Albuquerque what these gourmet food courts are, is you go, and it's basically a place where you can go and drink craft beer, mm-hmm. and have food trucks, but they're not food trucks; they're stationary. It's all indoor. Yeah. And then you go sit outside. But yeah. it's gone to a level like that. Green Jeans is basically Santa Fe Brewing. And you can go and eat at a food truck. That a is, Moray Pizza. Yeah, it's like, yeah, there's like a taco place, a burger place, a barbecue place, a place to get ice cream, and then a place to, to drink beer. Now, Sawmill Lofts, I feel like, is the epitome of the gourmet because you go in. And there's like a pho place. There's a, a super there's high all end. All kinds of stuff: ice cream, uh-huh. but it's steak, all, all high end. Whatever you want. I'm, I I took someone there for their birthday. We got a hamburger. We got two hamburgers. I paid for it all. I think two hamburgers with fries was like thirty five dollars. And, and let's not even talk about the price for a pint. We're we're, we're getting there. And thir- for thirty five dollars, my hamburger had the bun, the meat, and cheese. I didn't even get lettuce and tomatoes. I don't, I don't know what the fuck that was about. Then you walk over to get a beer, and it's $7 for a beer. A pint. A pint. I mean, it's clearly, yeah. it's clearly, yeah, but it's clearly for a certain level of people. Yeah. You know. Not my level. Not my level of people. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's but that's the trend right now. And they're about to open one downtown, the 505 Central which is going to be another gourmet food court. And I uh, heard rumor of another one. I've heard that too. Built. Do you know where that's at? Uh, I heard uh, that it will be near Hollow Spirit. Really? God dang it. Okay. 
And, uh, you know, I can't <laughs> elaborate on the show right now, but yeah, afterwards I'll all tell right, you sure, sure. all about it. But, you know, and, and it's it's a thing. I mean, that's how trends go. It's like a thing, you know. I just think Sawmill like is tri- so popular because it's the only one. Yeah. What, Sawmill? Yeah. It's not. And then, well, no, but what I'm saying is yeah. they've marketed it, blah, blah, blah. People think it's like the most bougie place. Oh, it totally so is. Other places are like, we should open one yeah. of these, too. So, whereas Green Jeans is a little more relaxed. So, well, have you been to Tin Can Alley? I have not yet. Okay. So, Tin Can Alley is a larger version of Tin Can Alley is, is the same thing. It, it, it's between Green Jeans and between Sawmill Lofts. Okay. So, it's a larger it's larger than Green Jeans, Tin Can Alley. It has patio a patios like they built it Almost like they took what was wrong with green jeans and they said, here's what we need to do differently. Okay. And the Santa Fe Brewing area. So go ahead. They just added more parking? Oh, absolutely. There's a tremendous amounts of parking. Um, but That's then, the only thing I, you need to fix about yeah. green jeans. Well, but yeah. eh, no. I feel like green jeans has a bigger problem. Well, they, they, they've actually fixed problems there. Last time you've probably been there. The place where you can drink oh, yeah, at, tra- at at uh, Santa Fe is actually larger. You can there's a larger area to drink at, where you can drink and eat. You know, mm. they've made that larger. So that whole like courtyard now is now fenced in at Green Jeans. So now that whole courtyard is a place where you can drink and have food. And then the only place at Green Jeans now where you can where you know they don't allow drinking is that upstairs area across on its own solo. That is the only non-drinking part now. Oh, uh, wow. So right. Tin Can Alley has pho. They have, you know, gourmet hamburgers. They have all that. But the pints are still $5. So that's the difference. $5? That's not bad. Right. That's what you would pay at a brewery. Right. I mean. Yes. So I'm not saying. Yeah. I'm not. No, that's I'm not. What I expect. I think they've done it right. The Sawmill Law people or Sawmill market people they i'm not saying they've done it wrong i just feel like they're trying to push a certain clientele i mean you see the mayor there you know often (laughs) and it's a sunday place you know the it's a place for the wealthy to hang out very clearly wait the the albuquerque mayor or you well yes (laughs) i've been there i've been there three times so I guess, to be yes. real, Chris, you're <laughs> saved in my phone as the mayor. mayor. Nice. <laughs> so I don't know. So, I, you know, I, I don't even know where we were going with this, but uh, that's like the new. So you're saying there's a th- now there's a, a fifth one going up in town. Yeah. Yeah. Two dollar pints at Goober's. Oh, well, the, well, sorry, Dan. <laughs> Goober's. Goober's is gone, my friend. Goober's is gone. Doesn't exist anymore no i have a piece of the dance floor actually goobers was no a way, bar really yeah no. goobers was a bar in uh, portales new mexico um and it closed down i want to say about four or five years ago it was the only bar in town whenever i went to college it was goober mccool's yeah he says no yeah it's closed down it's funny because the owner her name was susan dick <laughs> susan dick uh, 
and I always thought that was funny. You made me, you made me love that bar because of all the stories you had for me. Oh yeah, we had tons of stories, man. You have to, you have to come to this bar. Yeah, I went. I was like, it's it's okay. Okay, (laughs) it's a good little bar for right. When it was the only bar in Portales, I mean, it was the you know, it was the place to be on Thursday nights, man. I used to go. So I, I, if we're gonna talk about goobers, he brought that up. I'll tell, I'll tell a story. So I was broke when I was in college, of course, as most are. And one of my fraternity brothers was the bartender on Thursday nights, which was college night. Now, for a little small town bar on a Thursday night, he said they would bring in between five and seven thousand dollars a Thursday night. And that's quite a bit. I mean, you know, if you run a bar, you'd like to bring in five to seven thousand dollars on a Thursday. And so I would go in. I would go with friends. uh, (laughs) Right. I would go with friends on Thursday night, completely broke. You know, that was the place where, you you know, in Portales, you're like, someone's like, let's go to the bar. And be like, I don't have any money. And they'd be like, ah, you'll be all right. And so we would get in and I would immediately go to the bar and he would look at me. And I'd and he'd be like, water, and I'd go water. And he would take the Stoli vanilla vodka, pour about three shots in a pint glass, and then just fill it up with Sprite and hand it to me. And he'd be like, "Here's your water," and I would get about three of those, <laughs> you know. And uh, you know, so that was my that would be you know that was me pouring college, and you know, I'm sure that Susan Dick probably wouldn't have liked that, but. I found out later that uh, she didn't care because, like, he brought in so much. Like, I don't know why he was such a popular bartender. He brought in so much money. Like, when he left, they went from five to seven thousand a night to three to five, so they lost about two grand. Bartenders are important. Yeah, and so that was my Thursday night at Goober McCool's, and it was just one of those things where, you know, I got I had a friend and I had a friend in, in high places, and they they helped me out with my drinking. So, oh wait, <laughs> this is. I'm, I'm pretty sure Goober's is the place where uh, I got the slushies, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That place is amazing. Everclear Orange Julius. That is oh, so no, good. no, no, no. That was uh, – so, no, no. That was um, – oh, what's that place called? The Dog House. Yeah. So, every oh. o- every October, we would go down to Portales to, um, to do a Tendrick Minimum there, Holly. And – so there was a bar in Portales that I took James and Billy to called the Dog House, right? As a bartender, this is going to make you cringe. So we go upstairs. The bar is an upstairs bar, so you have to walk upstairs to get to it. From an insurance There's standpoint. There's a handrail. Yeah, from an, yeah, it was like a chain or something. <laughs> There's a handrail. Yeah. So, so no one dies. You walked up the stairs, and they immediately had one of those um, – slushy machines like you if you've ever been to new orleans you, yeah. you see them so they had one Where of those slushy machines James from? Yeah. and uh what was it called james do you remember the name of it um no i just remember it wrecked my world so every year oh it was called super tang well, super tang I'm sad super we tang well well hold on so this <laughs> this drink is called super tang and okay. yes that's what they would is. take tang and make it and then add Everclear, uh. and then freeze it, and it was in a, <laughs> and it was in a slushy machine. And okay. so very impressive process. And it was really Everclear funny. Should melt all the ice. Yeah. Right. How did they do that? But 
Well, once they put it in your cup, it yeah. almost instantly starts melting. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So but it's just. So Billy and I are paying for James's way because you know we just kind of dragged him along to Bertalis. And so we just so we're like, well, if we're gonna buy you alcohol, James, we're gonna buy you this. And so we bought him the Super Tang, and I took a sip I'm of it. I'm sad I missed this when my family lived there. Oh man, I'm sad I never got Super Tang. Yeah, it's amazing. Ah, uh, that sounds. I mean, but I then... know that you said like as a bartender, it was gonna give me a panic attack, but also like mm-hmm. as a person who likes to get drunk, that sounds amazing. And I think it was like three dollars a cup. Like, just ridiculous. Yeah. And then you're expecting people they to were walk like, downstairs afterwards. Doing it as a joke. Yeah, and I was I'm like, like, no, this is great. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for my super tang. This is also a bar. I'm impressed that they got it to freeze, oh, yeah. honestly. Well, this is also a bar that had a pole on the dance floor and the punching bag arcade machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting it crowd. Like oh, and a, and a balcony <laughs> that you could hang out on and drink. Like, I mean, great idea. As you, ah, that sounds like my you, kind uh, of place, honestly. Like, fuck Sawmill, let's go to Doghouse. Yeah. Sad, the sad thing about I'm, it is oh after no. after this year, there will be literally no reason to go there. It's my mom and dad are selling their house in Clovis, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should do one Ex- more trip to Clovis. Well, uh, well there's no one there. Like at Portalis, oh. I don't even know where we would stay in Portalis. My friend Dave, who we stayed at his house, he no longer lives there. I mean, I could talk no to shit. my family really? in Clovis, and I'm sure they yeah. would let us. Yeah. So, so my great uncle owned a liquor store in Clovis, New Mexico. What was the liquor store? Riley Switch? I want to say it was the chest... Uh, Something chess. By the time I came around, he didn't own it anymore. He'd either sold it or it had closed. What, when did you come around? So I was born in 1988. So hmm. by the time I remember, it was like, you know, 96, 97. I don't think if there's anything there called the chest or something chest. It was, it was like the liquor chest or something. It, and the funny thing hmm. is, uh, Red Door now... Their brewery is now in that liquor store, I guess. It wasn't called that, though. I don't oh. know. I can't remember the name it of was, it. It was called something, but so it was my uncle Chester owned a liquor okay. store there. Hmm. I think it was like inside the bowling alley or like near the bowling alley or something. Yeah, it was. And I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of what that. Uh, but um... no matter what it is, it uh, that was my great uncle's liquor store yeah and he was he was a great dude this he guy wore leisure suits. so so dan Ware just brought up the norman petty studio tour should i tell that story oh. or no yes because i am interested now do you know who norman petty was i mean it sounds familiar so norman petty was the uh the 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 guy who owned the recording studio oh, okay. in clovis in clovis that uh buddy holly Recorded all yes, of his yes, music, yes. and Waylon Jennings would record as well. You should tell this story. So, um, and I and I tell this story all the time because people, whenever they ask, I'm from Clovis. They people will from time to time bring up Norman Petty, and I always go, okay, well, I was related to him, and they're like, oh, really? And I go, yeah. 
So Norman Petty was my grandmother's cousin. And wow. so what he did was is when he stopped, you know, after the uh, he was a DJ at KTQ. Oh, wow. That was right down the street from my house, actually, the KTQM studio. So Norman Petty, after, you know, the whole Buddy Holly thing, he he quote unquote retired and he he shut that studio down and they turned they turned it into a museum. And like to this day, if you go to the Norman Petty Museum, it's supposed to look just like it did when when Buddy Holly and them would go in and record. So what he did was is he built this again, quote unquote, two story house outside of town with another house behind it and lived a retired life. That's not what he did at all. So it wasn't a two story house. It was a three story house. But the third story was a full recording studio basement. So what Norman Petty would do is he would fly in people or people who wanted to record with him would fly into Lubbock to Lubbock for the weekend. He would send a car, have them picked up, drive them to Clovis, which was an hour away. And then they would stay in the house behind his and then they would, you know, record music. And he did a lot of it. And no one had any idea. So. No one found out till Norman died. And I remember when they died, I was a little kid and I was at my grandma's house and they called her and they were like, yeah, um, we're calling the family because we need, you know, we need places to put people for the funeral. And she was like, and so we're calling family and, you know, you know, do you have any, any extra room you could put someone up in? And my grandmother's like, yeah, absolutely. I do. And they're like, okay, but you really can't, say who it is and she was like okay well who who would it be well they were looking when they were calling my my grandmother they were looking for a place for uh michael jackson and um george harrison to stay wow because they they had came in and record they were in clovis at some point and had recorded with them and were friends of his and wanted to come in for the funeral so that was crazy. And as a kid, of course, I was more like whenever she said Michael Jackson, I was like, no way. And then now as an adult, I'm more of the George Harrison, you know. Right. It's like, wow. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy. I, so uh, my family, my mom's mom mm-hmm. is from Portales. Okay. Well, further than Portales. I don't know. Like, I don't. My great grandfather was a peanut farmer. Um. And I used to go there all the time and nobody had heard of Clovis. Like oh, wow. people from Albuquerque were like, where's Clovis? Really? Because most and, people know it when I say it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just like young kids yeah. don't know. Like when I was a kid, people didn't know. And I used to love to go visit because I loved the restaurants in Clovis for whatever reason. What, play, what restaurant? I don't remember. I was oh. little. So I just know that I would go and visit my family and knew that I got to go to restaurants that I loved. Yeah. Okay. I can't, I could not tell you. Huh. Plus my all, great uncle. Disneyland of food. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of <laughs> shitty food. And when I say shitty yeah. food, it probably tastes good, but it's just not good for you. Well, oh, and like little boys. kids, if you think about it. Yeah. Little kids loved it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Juanitos. Uh, I actually was eating Leal's chips earlier, and that's from uh, Mule Shoe, but they have uh, Leal's and Clovis. Um, so, 
the weird thing is, is I grew up 15 years in Clovis. Then we moved to uh, um, Grady, New Mexico. That's where I went to high school. We bought a farm okay. out there. Then I spent the next 10 years. I spent three years there. Then I spent the next 10 years in Portales, New Mexico, which is, you know, Clovis and Portales are, you know, 18, close. 18 miles apart. Yeah. And then I moved away. And I think it was two years ago. I found out that there was a song from Hank Williams Jr. called Clovis, New Mexico. Called Clovis, New Mexico. What? Yeah. I think, it, I think it's Clovis, Maybe. Clovis. Yeah. Clovis, New Mexico by Hank Williams Jr. Crazy. And he said, you know, I, 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 let me see. I'll read the link because I can't. If I play it, they'll freak out. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't notice what happened in Clovis, but I called her baby. <laughs> He met this woman in Clovis, yeah. We pulled it up in Clovis, and I sure didn't know this was as far as I would ever go. I wanted some strings. I needed some strings. Billy wanted a ring, the kind that the Indians made. I don't know why he says that, because, like, Clovis isn't known for, like, Native American culture at all. No. There's none. I mean, there's the Clovis man, but not that, yeah. Yeah, the Clovis man is a – that was another thing I was going to bring up. If you've ever been to the museum, mm. is it in Portales or Clovis? It's between. Yeah, so that was the near, black, like, Blackwater Draw farm. Museum, yeah. Yeah, the Blackwater Draw is, honestly, if you can go to that museum, please do. It's I don't, really cool. I, last time I went through, it wasn't open, so I don't know. Mm. I do not know. I loved it. Yeah, swerving away from my childhood. Um, <laughs> we were talking about in the first hour, you were talking about the uh, true crime stuff, right? Yeah. And we were talking about like the ring ring camera thing. Yeah. So, you know, with our friend Ken Reese, who got who got you know murdered by the police here in Albuquerque, there's like mm-hmm. ring camera Porsche and all cam. that. Yeah. So, when I went to visit my parents a couple weeks ago, my parents loved to watch, like CNN. Yeah. True crime stuff. And. Court TV. Court TV IG channel. Yeah. So I was there and I was watching. And there was a whole, like, I want to say it was like a two-hour thing on the Boston Marathon bombers. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it's one of those things in our society that it has become an, uh, you know, it's, it's really actually not as big as, like, I thought it would be. But there's, a, you know, there's the 1984 Big Brother is watching. And yeah. it's, like, one of those things that's really weird because, like, the ring cameras, the, you know, closed circuit cameras that are, you know, people have like have have had, you know, there's people who have problems with it. But it's weird how little like how little they did, you know? Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm watching this Boston Marathon bomber thing. And I remember like they caught them really fast. Mm-hmm. And so I'm watching this thing and it, there was a reason why they caught him so quickly, right? So they had right. closed circuit TV everywhere. Yeah. And so what they did is is they went and watched the footage. They they what they did is they they started like like they took a timeline like an hour an an hour and they went and got all the footage and they kind of like you yeah. know taped it together so to speak in you know generic terms. And so when you're watching this video it's one of those situations where they're explaining it and they can show you the video to go with it, which is always awesome. Oh, and yeah. how they figured out who the two guys were 
was pretty simple. So as soon as the bomb explodes and they have that footage, you know, they have the footage where the bomb explodes. They have the footage of people like all along the street. Mm-hmm. And so what they did was, so first of all, when something like that happens, when there's a car wreck, when a bomb blows up or a loud noise or a siren, mm-hmm. what do people do? You run towards it or you run away from it? No, yeah. you don't run away from it. You don't run away from it. You run towards it. Well, the farther you're yeah. away, you, you like if you're right next to it, you're going to probably run away from it. But if you're far yeah. away from it, you're going to be like, what? What was that? What was going yeah, on? And you go towards it. Yeah. So what happened was is they were looking through. They, they, they got the exact moments on video of like when the bomb exploded. And from the moments after that, they went through the crowd. And every single pe- person was turned towards where the bomb had happened or rushing to see what had happened. Except mm-hmm. for the one guy with the hat on backwards walking away. Yep. And, and they went, all right, let's take all this That's footage. Good. Let's take all this footage and follow the guy with his hat on backwards who doesn't seem to care about this explosion yep. and follow him back. And they followed him right back to his brother. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they reversed like the, you know, they, they, they rewound everything and found where he came from. And they, they rewound it all the way back to where he's like talking to his brother on well, closed circuit TV. It was crazy. And the cool thing about that is, you know, there there are so many people, psychologists and detectives, mm-hmm. and um, they even have, like, a TV show about this. Um, they really studied, like, serial killers mm-hmm. and people who had done horrible things. And they have studied that enough that they know to look at the guy with that backwards baseball cap who isn't reacting yeah. the way a normal human would like react. Who's just, like, walking away as quickly as he possibly can. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why would that guy not give a shit? Yeah. And so, and so when you look at, at like technology mm-hmm. plus psychology, now it's really hard to get away with a crime. Yeah. It is so hard and, to get away with a crime. And they had it. And like walking they, around fast is not the no. Like seriously, like yeah. how can you look more conspicuous? And even mm-hmm. yeah, and even then like they had uh you know, they it was so shitty, you know, the the footage is shitty, but they saw mm-hmm. And they were like, well, that's the guy we need to you know, figure out. That's yeah. the guy who's walking away from this blast and doesn't seem to care that there was a blast. He's just like, whatever. Yeah. And so they, like, you know. If you're nonchalant during yeah. a blast. And so as soon as they rewound it and they found, like, they just basically followed him, like, back, like in reverse all the way yeah. back to his brother. And then they went, all right, these are the two guys we need to talk to. And It's it was, pretty and, cool if yeah. you think about it. Yeah, it is. And it's one of those things where people are like, you know. It's one of those controversial topics where it's like, you know, everybody's like, I don't know. I work, I work, I have a, a background that deals with this kind of thing. I can't really say too much about that right. other than that. But right. the one thing that really throws me off about people mm-hmm. is what they will allow themselves to believe and what they will allow yeah. themselves not to believe. So. Yeah. If I, I have um, the Amazon product, I can't say her name because she will go off. Uh, right. Starts with an A, ends with an Exa. And um, <laughs> anyway, I talk about Don't that. Say that name. I know. I talk about that, and people are like, wow, I would never allow that in my house. And you're like, why? And they're <laughs> like, well, I just don't like them listening. And then I'm like, okay, but you were telling me about that samsung 55 inch smart tv that you got 
Yeah. What do you think that is doing? Read the well, terms of service. And here's the deal. So this on no. the same topic, if we want to get into like some cool stuff that's happening with technology and mm -hmm. it might it might comfort people who are afraid of this stuff, but I just want people to know you're not getting away with anything anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a true crime case going on right now. It's the case of Lori Vallow um, and Chad Daybell. And uh, Lori Vallow's children went missing. She went to Hawaii. It was like a whole thing. And that whole case got blown wide open Literally because they knew who they were, who they had to look at, and they looked at the data from their cell phone. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, how they got caught. That was the next thing. The locations yeah. that they were at and the times they were together. Right. So if you think that uh, that Alexa is going to get you caught, uh, maybe don't, don't have that. a cell phone. Well, <laughs> that's where I was at too. So you have a Samsung 55-inch TV in your living room. You have a GPS tracker slash listening device in your pocket. In your pocket. All What's the, the time. difference between one that automates your lights? Who gives a shit? Yeah. You know? It, yeah. And your phone. using it now. Yeah. They could, tra you know, they could track you by your phone pretty quickly. Well, and not only that, but investigators are now using the data. So there are data analysts who are and this is what I would like to do with data. Mm -hmm. I have finally found where I want to be in data mm -hmm. is there are people who work with forensic scientists and detectives and they go through your data to look for anomalies in your text messages. Yeah. So this is the Chad Dave, the Chad Daybell, Lori Bellow case was also blown wide open because Chad Daybell was actually texting his wife who I think he murdered, but that's a whole other story. But he was actually texting his wife a very lengthy text message about raccoons on the day that the children were buried that tipped the data scientist off because yeah. it was an anomaly. He was talking to her about more than just groceries. Right. Um, so if you're going to commit murder or you're going to do anything illegal, you have to look at more than Alexa and closed-circuit well, TV, so you sudden, have to be careful how you oh, text people. So all of a sudden, if I'm not just texting yes, no, uh-huh, all of a sudden I'm writing paragraphs, they're going to be like, that's yeah. a little out of the ordinary for Chris that day. Right. And here's the thing. A human being doesn't have to determine that anymore. There, it's called algorithms, there's data yeah. science mm -hmm. to do it now. Algorithms. So if you, know, mm -hmm. um, if you don't want to get caught for murder now, um, don't be a dumbass. Right. And yeah. I mean, go off the grid for a couple months and then do it. You know? I mean, probably a year. On no, easily. That's <laughs> you know. That's also incredibly suspicious. You shouldn't change your <laughs> yeah. your. I mean, anything that you do. Right. I don't know how anybody would get away with murder right now, just because if you negligence go off the, of the grid, you're suspicious. Criminal, you know. Negligence of the criminologist. <laughs> um, I mean. It's not that hard. Well, just watch some I shows. Mean, uh, you know all the things. Uh, you're probably a, a, a very competent murderer, Holly Ann. Hi. Right. Yeah. You knew all. Murder. You knew all the tricks. Yeah, I mean, I know why people are caught, and it's getting harder and harder and mm -hmm. harder and harder to not get caught now. Well, and it's it's you like carry something in your pocket that tracks 
everything yeah. you do. Yeah. So correct. Don't and it looks suspicious phone. if for some reason you don't have your cell phone on you. It's like, oh, yeah. I left it that day. It's, it's even like, getting no one does it's, that. It's even ever. getting more and more. It's getting even more and more complex than that too. Yeah. It's not only you have a device in your pocket that you you it tracks you. You have a device in your pocket that is connected to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, yep. and those Checks are all, all your searches. Those are everything. all connected. Those are connected to your PC. Yes. Those are connected to your iPad. Especially if you use Gmail. Yes, and uh, all of that is 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 in the cloud. And people are like, you yep. know, people don't want to learn what the cloud is. Well, I mean, it, people are ignorant of what it is, and what it is is it's it's everything integrated. Now, mm-hmm. you know. That's gonna that's gonna create its own like advantage. With the advantages comes the disadvantages of you know like murder yeah. and stuff. You know, but yeah, that's that's <laughs> interesting to say. But I take a bunch of random photos. There you go. And I can't save them on my phone. Yeah. Well, okay. So I saw but this saved somewhere else. So I saw this, Thumb and I mean, out. this was this was what this is what. Uh, so here's a here's a scary thing, but yeah. also kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Is. Um, do you know what metadata is? Yes. You do? Oh, because that's what you're yeah. doing. Smiley, do you know what metadata is? I don't. Okay. <laughs> so let me let me um, let me break like the it's actually pretty broad, but I'll let you tell me. It's pretty broad. But yeah. like say you take a photograph mm-hmm. and you post that photograph to social media. Mm-hmm. What the way you look at that photograph? This is really inside and really nerdy, but there's there's a point to this. <laughs> I love it. I'm so excited. So when you when you post that photograph online, mm-hmm. um, you see the photograph as something visual. What the computer yeah. sees is it sees a lot of like you know numbers and math. Yep. And a lot of numbers. And when you upload oh. it, when you upload it, what that actually what the what the picture looks like to you is visual. What the picture looks like to the computer is Numbers and letters, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> here's what's fucking hilarious about that is like the Trump administration, when he got sick, with, when he got sick with COVID, they posted a bunch of pictures supposedly at different times of the day yeah, to make it look like he was like in a whole bunch of different places during the day with different outfits and stuff. Yeah. And all oh, they okay, had to so do. It's like. <laughs> When you go into uh, uh-huh. when you go into like a file and it uh-huh. and, and the details that's yes. the meta yes. data you're talking yeah. about yes oh, but it's a little yeah. more than that but like they could go in so they basically like what the press did is they went in and they looked at the metadata and they were like all of these photos were taken in within an hour yeah or you know within a you know within a short amount of time and you're trying to make it look like it was a whole day you just yeah. you just took all these photos and then in, in different <laughs> outfits and made it look like you were you know and so they kind of busted them. And like, yeah. and like, that's, that's to show you like how ignorant people are. Like if you did take pictures, like I took a picture over here and this is where I was at. Well, they could take the that picture. The metadata tells will what time always I was give you away. Yeah. It's time yeah. stamped. Yep. And there is no way to get around that. There's no yeah. way to get around that yeah. because the ID of the picture is right. going to tell you when that picture was taken. Yeah. Um, data is yeah. changing the world. And the only way the only way to get around it that I could see is if mm-hmm. you change if you because if you try to do it on your cell phone, your cell phone's going to have yeah. that metadata stamped to yes. the to the time and it's going to keep the right time. You can't change the time on your phone. Okay. No. So the only it's way in- well the only way to get around it would yes, be to, you can. to use like a, a, a you can change your your cell phone 
time? Mm-hmm. Can you? I didn't know that. Um, yes. My, I mean... My, my Cepho time is about... 14 minutes ahead I of still feel GPS like I still time. feel like it would still the GPS but, time would stamp it but but I had to hardwire really what you could do is I had to change the way the GPS interacts with the operating system I still think that that would be you could do that but what you could do is airplane mode it mm-hmm. manually change the clock Maybe. Possibly. Or just use another camera that you have the time and date Or just set. use another camera and change the time and date. I. <laughs> but I still but don't know if that a, how that works, but yeah. It's a hard thing to get around metadata. And yeah. I think there's a reason for that. Sure. Um, and. Let me ask, let me ask you guys a question. What time does it say on your phone or device right now? 7.56. 7.56. Mine says 8.03. Huh. But I but your huh. GPS time doesn't say that. No. Yes. Mm. I changed my phone. It's fun. Hmm. I did go I to don't school know for about computer that. I mean, we can debate this sometime. Yeah. But there are certain it. things about technology right now that are um yeah. you know, again, metadata or well, you know, whatever. Well, the, uh, the whole it's idea very is very hard to change things. Yeah, the whole the Trump administration had no idea of any of that. Yeah, they were like, "What?" <laughs> but that's how they. <laughs> but that's how they busted them. They were like, and "All I these pictures we were taken." Keep it that way, where yeah. a lot of people don't know how that works, right. because it's helping us solve well, crimes. It's helping us catch yeah. the president in lies. Well, see, James, if you took one photo, sure, but the difference is if you took five photos, mm-hmm. and then you were like, "Well, these were all different times of the day," the, the metadata would tell them that that's not true. Yeah, you couldn't. It'd it's true. Them, it'd just be like. Right. It would just be seven minutes off. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, I, I mean, think a lot of murderers as as are going to get caught this way. Right. Oh, oh yeah. It's a, uh, it's a uh, cyber forensics. Yep. And I love cyber forensics. And now that I've mm-hmm. discovered it, that's where I want to go well, with my data science. As a as a computer tech or an IT guy, I get asked a lot of times, like, what should I do with my old hard drives? And for me. Knowing what I know, you know, my answer to that is drill, drill, drill a, drill a bunch of holes in it. Yeah. Burn it. <laughs> you can't. You, mm-hmm. you got to do both, though, because people have yeah. burned them and they still got stuff off of them. It does nothing. So I, so I have some stories about this. Go ahead. Data Aww. is forever. Data and is people forever. don't realize that you can delete whatever you want mm-hmm. off of your computer. But. If you don't drill holes in Destroy and you don't it. set it on fire, yeah. you so can get caught for all kinds of stuff. So I had a guy. I had a guy bring in. This is a story, and I'll we'll probably end with this. I had a guy bring his computer into the shop that I worked in, and uh, probably a good thing she she's piecing out on this one. So he brought in a computer. <laughs> what he had done was this. You know how a lot of people feel like. Used to back in the day, you could put if you're having issues with Windows, you could put in your disk, and you can repair it. You know, there's an actual place to repair it. Yeah. But if you don't know where to look, sometimes people will go in. Like this guy, basically, what he did is he put in his Windows disk. And he was gonna with with thoughts of, hey, I'm gonna figure out how to repair this, and he started the process of reimaging his computer off of the disk. 
So it wiped everything, right? Right. It wiped everything for a normal person. Yeah. Like so a reformat his, or just like a... Reformat. You know, so like he, he put his Windows disk in. Windows has Windows on it. So instead of like mm-hmm. going in and finding the repair area, he went ahead and put install and it reinstalled Windows. Yeah. And when that happens, it over over you know overrides everything previously and gives you a fresh load yeah. of Windows. Now, the guy was like, he brought it in and he was freaking out. He's like, hey, man, I have a lot of pictures, you know, my, my wife and, you know, kids and all this stuff. You know, there's a lot of pictures. Mm-hmm. And he's like, can you get them? And I said, well, I'll try. I won't give you a quote until I figure out if I can or not. Well, there's certain, yeah. there's certain programs you can run through on a hard drive. And, I mean, these are pictures. These are programs that, like, as a local small-town mom-and-pop shop, I, you know, computer store we had. And you can download and pay for them, but like we we right. you know it took me four days and I and I scanned because like you, people delete a lot of shit, and so I went through and I uh, scanned his entire drive. Took four days and got every single thing that had ever been deleted on that hard drive. Everything. Mm-hmm. Now he comes to he comes in. I, I tell him I ask him you know he comes in to everything? see everything. Everything. And uh, I take the word everything and I underline it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can get everything so I, that somebody deletes. So the guy yeah. comes in and I'm like, yeah, um, I can definitely give you everything that uh, was deleted on that computer. Everything. And he's like, okay. And I was like, everything. And he's like, okay. I was like, all right. Letting you know that everything that you've ever deleted is recovered, and I'll go ahead for this I'm price. I'll go ahead for this price and just all your porn, all <laughs> your, and I'll just go ahead and move this onto whatever you want me to move it on. And yeah. he doesn't clue in at all, and he leaves. And then about an hour later, he goes, "I kind of realized what you were telling me at the counter." And he's like, is there a lot of things that maybe my wife wouldn't want to see? And I was like, yes, a lot. Yeah. And it wasn't like <laughs> kitty porn or anything. It was just all porn. No, no, it was no. like, And he has, you know, yeah. it was gross, nasty porn <laughs> that he had like downloaded tons. And he was like, okay. Why? And he was then. So then he goes on, on top of the, 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 the price that you quoted me, I'll, I'll give you $50 if you make all of that disappear. And I was like, yeah, I thought you might want to do that. <laughs> and I, I was like, I wasn't going to charge him 50 extra dollars, but I was going to say, hey, you might want me to. So I had to go through by hand and like delete all of it. You were trying to not embarrass him by yep. being like, are you sure you want everything? Everything. <laughs> yeah, he was into some nasty stuff, man. Thank goodness now <laughs> we don't have to download porn. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's all about streaming. It's, it's all about streaming. streaming. It's free, but. Yeah. But this hey. is a warning to people out there: don't download the nasty stuff. Well, and then don't. D- you know, and then when you sell your computer, don't download, when, don't, don't download it. Yeah, when you don't sell, download anything. When you sell or donate your computer, take the fucking hard drive out. If you don't know how to do it, Google it. It's not hard most of the time. Uh, if you don't know how to, Just if do you, it. yeah, if you and if you don't know how to do it or it's not possible. Don't donate whatever from the fuck. Just don't. don't do it. Because you nasty. If you're that nasty. You nasty, girl. 
you nasty. Just keep your shit to yourself. Yeah. Like the amount of so hamster, and then I will stop talking. Yeah. Hamster works at a cell phone place, and he has to transfer things. And he has had to stop making sure the transfer worked because he has he has seen old ladies naked pictures. Yep. Young ladies naked pictures, which I'm sure he was fine with. And old men. You mean young ladies over the age of 18 is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. That's what I mean. Not young, like gross, but I mean like. Well, you have to, you have to specify in this day and age. I know. Uh, But so he has stopped checking and Mm. he will hand them their phones because he saw some nasty shit and you people are nasty. Oh, yeah. Nasty. Lots of DX. Lots of DX. All right. I I have a lot of cat pictures. That's different. (laughs) Unless that's That's code word for the Poonan. (laughs) It's still embarrassing. So, all right. I think we've done enough damage for this day. Me Uh, too. On the 25th, I want to talk about this. On the 25th, we will have um, Eric. uh, Carter Landon from True Consequences podcast. It will be our Halloween episode. Mom, who got out early, that's the episode she'll want to listen to. I'm so excited. I already have things planned to talk to him about. Nice, nice. Uh, Holly, what else do you have to promote? Um, Other than the excitement I have for true crime coming to 10 Drink, um, I... Can I get that thing? I have dun, a dun. comedy. Sh- what? Can I get that thing? Dun dun. What was dun, that dun. show? That uh, Law and Order. Or- Law and Order. The, dun, like, dun, dun. Um. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, other than I that, am the I law. No, <laughs> November twentieth in Greeley, Colorado, with Kurt Fletcher. It's going to be an amazing show. Um, mostly because you get to see me rusty and not uh, practiced at comedy at all. Um, and then you can follow me on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at Hollybird Comedy. Sorry, I didn't mean to like step on you with like all that noise. I was just, I found I it. I was so distracted, guys. Say it again. So say, we're, say we're going to have a, a true crime on, on the show. We're going to have true crime. Rhyme on ten drink minimum. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> there we go. James, what do you got? Um, just just regular stuff. Uh, look for me on. Just look for me online. I don't know. Um, yeah. I actually looked. I googled myself the other day. There's some. There's some funny shit. Do you have an IMDb? Uh, yeah. Let me see here. Oh, you do. Wait a minute here. Let's see. Let me make sure here. This is you. I never use it. You were a gang member in a show called Blood to Blood or a movie? Shut it. Huh? Is that Shut it. No. Is that not you? Okay. Yeah, no. Uh, That's not me. Okay, then there's another James Smiley in the world? Wait a minute. Hold on. What? There's so many. There uh, is not were, James. Have you Googled your own name? James oh yeah. And you're like, there is not. Oh my god. There's, there's a famous five other James. There's Smiley's. a famous musician called Chris Burnett. 
But I didn't know There that. is only one James Smiley, James Defer. Okay, Chris Burnett is an American saxophone player, award-winning <laughs> composer, veteran of U.S. military jazz bands, and band leader. There's a Holly Bird that was on the uh, Black Blackfish documentary. Yeah. She ruined my life when I started comedy because I can't have that Twitter now because oh. she talks about, like, whales and stuff. In a good way? I mean, yes, oh, but okay. also, like, fuck her. It's fine. <laughs> also, fuck her for my MVP. <laughs> uh, we do, you know, uh, we are a member of the Burrell's Podcasters Guild, along with uh, True Consequences Parenting versus Podcast. Uh, What's up, ABQ? And uh, Dos Pequeños. That's the uh, Eric. Uh, that's his. Why don't we have Dos Pequeños for fucking Halloween? Well, it's funny you say that, James, because it's the same guy, Eric Carter Landon. So we do. So we can have. Oh, wait. Both. Why did you just say those pequeños? Well, I'm getting to it. Say that, Holly. Uh, is Brian and Geo part of uh, Brian the and, Oh, and then the Brian and. I'm sorry. And uh, uh, Brian and Geo. Uh, God, what is the name of the, their show? Brian and Geo make a podcast. That's the name of it. I was trying to get the exact name. So, yeah, they are also. I just wanted to make sure you didn't forget them. No, and I'm glad you Brian did. I'm, I'm glad you did because I was going to forget them, and, and, I, <laughs> and I feel very bad about that. Um, and along with us, and we are launching November, in mid-November sometime. Um, I'll get the exact date because we just had to move it. Because it was oh. going to be November 6th. And... We're actually going to have a thing on site. November so. 14th? Is that what you said? I think so. Okay. But it could be the 7th. That is what you said. Okay. I know, but I don't know for sure. Um, it's around okay. there. Anyway, okay. Anyway, we have a thing, a launch coming up in November. You know, if you want us to do your podcast, cool. Or if you want to, if you're someone out there that owns a business and you want us to make a podcast for you, we will. Or if you want to sponsor us and do ads on our shows, you can as well. So. Anyway, with that, uh, you know, we, we do our show here live on Saturday, Sunday, 6 to 8 p.m. And we have a website, tendringminimum.com. And we have all of our social media. You can add us pretty much anywhere. So other than that, I think I'm good. With that, we are Tendring Minimum. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on.